This audio is brought to you by Business Radio, powered by Wharton, originally airing on SiriusXM. I am thrilled to welcome professional golfer Scott Stallings. Scott, uh, welcome to the show today. All right. Thank you very much for having me on. Thrilled to have you. Uh, Scott is a three-time PGA Tour winner, husband, father of two, and uh, congratulations on on another great year. Uh, Today, uh, we're going to talk about the golf landscape, the impact the pandemic has had on work and family, and uh, your own physical transformation. Um, So, Scott, maybe talk to us a little bit about what does your life look like right now? Are you... um, uh, are you in one place? Are you able to get back out on the golf course? Yeah, we're, uh, the, the tour started back, uh, last week in Fort Worth. We're in Hilton head, South Carolina for the RBC at Harbor town this week. And, uh, kind of slowly, but surely kind of getting our feet back under us. Um, the, you know, we're limited in a lot of areas, a lot of ways by, you know, what kind of what state and local governments, uh, allowing, you know, certain things as far as, you know, crowds, no crowds, um, and just, you know, every, everything's going to look different when people start to get back to what, a, you know, sort of air quotes normal is. But this is our new normal now. Uh, health screenings, uh, checks, uh, thermal scans, entering the golf course, uh, health questionnaires every day. And, um, you know, it's just kind of a, a very unique time. But, uh, you know, I had 91 days off between tournaments. And, you know, we were locked down for a little while. And uh, I live in Tennessee, Um uh, but you know, was able to golf courses are still open, so I was able to still play and practice, but enjoy time with my kids and, uh, mm-hmm. kind of do some stuff that, uh, in 13 years of professional golf, I've never really had the chance to do, uh, in the past. I mean, that is, I guess, one of the silver linings, how, um, I was going to ask how the pandemic impacted fatherhood for you. You started to, to touch on that a little, I, I assume you've had a lot of time with your kids at homeschooling. <laughs> Yeah, it's uh, I've, I have a seven-year-old son and a four-year-old daughter, and um, they they could not be on more opposite uh, ends of the spectrum in terms of educational goals. <laughs> My son is, <laughs> uh, you know, he wants to be in school, wants to do everything he possibly can to, to learn, and my daughter is about the total opposite. I mean, granted, she is four, but uh, just you know, completely different a set of goals in her daily life, and. Um, so kind of managing, you know, one or the other while my, my son was kind of doing school at home and, you know, I'd kind of sneak my head in there and, and do it every now and then with him. But my wife homeschooled him for kindergarten. So she was pretty well versed and trying to help him do basically school online. And I would manage my daughter, you know, whether it was go, go in the gym and work out and, uh, kind of be in there with her, or, you know, take her, you know, just keep her out of, uh, my son's hair for a little bit, but, it was a, a, a time we'll definitely look back on. Uh, we made a lot of good memories. as a time that no one in, in our lives would ever think that would, would come in, but I think we'll always remember it and uh, you know, try to make the most of it and enjoy the time. It's uh, a very unique for everyone, like I said, but um, something that I'll, I'll look back on and I'll remember for the rest of my life. Absolutely. I, I'm right there with you. I have a five-year-old and a, and a nine-year-old, and so I uh, – in the moments of frustration, I try to remind myself that our children might actually see this as one of like their favorite times of their childhood. Yeah. I mean, when your four-year-old is asking you if you're ever going to play golf again, 
Um, <laughs> it's kind of like I, I asked her, "Is like, is that, is that a sign you're ready for dad to leave?" Or and she's like, "No, did you did you stop playing?" Uh, like because I mean, the way that our seasons, it, it's so long that it basically we never stop playing. So to just have a hard, I took six and a half weeks off where I didn't touch a club. And I mean, I've never done that in my life. And, you know, just to be there, make breakfast at home, make dinner, you know, do everything that, you know, sort of, a, you know, what a traditional family would look like, I guess. Um, you know, we just didn't have that. And uh, I think we ate dinner together at, at home, like 50 straight nights, something like that. <laughs> I mean, I, I I don't think we've eaten dinner at home 50 days in the last year. Wow. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. So it was definitely something that uh, uh, it was a, a new uh, a new twist for us for sure. Scott, I love. I mean, maybe you can talk to us about what it's like being on the road so much. Um, does your family come with you? Do you have kind of like traditions of things you do to to feel closer together when you're not together? Yeah, it, it's this year was a big transition year for us. My son was homeschooled for kindergarten, and uh, he uh, transitioned into first grade this year. And we kind of split time between Arizona and Knoxville, Tennessee, kind of half and half. And we moved back to Tennessee, where my wife and I are from, as we wanted to kind of raise our family and be there. And uh, both my kids started traveling on the road at four weeks old. So, I mean, they've grown up on the road. They've grown up in hotels, Airbnbs, resorts, houses, you know, planes, trains, and automobiles, everywhere you could possibly imagine we've traveled. And um, to kind of go completely opposite of that, now they're going to be home, they're both going to be in school, and, you know, kind of worried about, you know, trying to make how you manage that, how you manage a travel schedule of the PGA Tour and, you know, a marriage and parenting two young kids and kind of what that looks like. And, and then the pandemic comes and we've been together more than we've ever been. <laughs> so, <laughs> You're like, get me back out on the road. <laughs> but my, my family does travel. Uh, they're, they're here with me in Hilton Head. Uh, there's a lot of uh, requirements that don't allow them to be actually a part of the event, but there aren't restrictions as far as them not, they, they can still travel with me. And, you know, we're here at the beach here in Hilton Head and, um, you know, my kids were home for a long time and uh, try to give them some opportunities to do some stuff throughout the summer that, you know, get in a somewhat sense of normalcy. But it's very unique uh, raising a family in general, but raising a family that learns how to travel and, and kind of the, you know, building some resiliency and, and things that come with uh, traveling by yourself 30 weeks a year is difficult, but managing two young kids and, and kind of a, a traveling circus, I guess. <laughs> uh, we'll, we'll teach you a lot, <laughs> teach you a lot of patience and a, a lot of understanding and hopefully some compassion <laughs> because everyone's trying their best. Absolutely. For anyone who's just joining us, we're speaking with professional golfer Scott Stallings, three-time PGA Tour winner, husband, father of two, talking about how he manages everything on the road. Scott, you went through a pretty big transformation yourself, physically and mentally focused on health. Um, what, what was your wake-up call? What inspired you to do this? Uh, I mean, a lot of it was my kids, um, just kind of seeing, uh, you know, some of the wear and tear that was taking place of, you know, playing golf at the highest level and traveling to the extent that what we do and kind of coming off the course and just not having the time and energy to put forth to, to being present when I was done playing. And, uh, 
ended up in a bunch of doctor's offices and to you know try to make a long story short i was just headed down a path where you know golf was definitely not going to be in the future and just you know quality of life was just nowhere near what it needed to be and um, I know people like to kind of harp on the numbers, but I was probably well over 250 pounds and uh, just, you know, my lifestyle wasn't conducive to continuing to do what I was doing at the highest level on the PGA Tour. And, you know, I, I needed to take some ownership of what I was doing and get some discipline in my life and, you know, try to make one better decision a day and build off of it and surrounding myself with some, a lot of people that are significantly smarter in those fields than I am. And, slowly but surely started to you know make some improvements and you know make some healthy decisions that became a lifestyle and and going from there i was reading uh some of the excerpts when i knew i was doing this interview that uh the choose three uh i think yes <laughs> uh, i i love that i think that there's a lot of things that especially when you deal with someone that's a professional athlete and a parent and a husband and there's i i completely agree with all those sentiments you have to you can have them all but you just kind of kind of prioritize one and it's kind of a sliding scale as far as which one's of importance at at that moment in time and um my wife was incredibly supportive and helping me uh kind of push through and able to kind of make a bunch of you know little tweaks here and there and um ended up seeing a fairly significant weight loss and uh you know somewhat turned into an ambassador for health on uh, the PGA tour. That was never the intent, but, uh, an opportunity to kind of tell some stories that you only get one opportunity. You only get one body. You need to be a good steward of it. And, and it's amazing. You take care of it. It'll take care of you. And, uh, mm. you know, hopefully be able to be a good example for my kids. Uh, I love it when my, my son's like, man, did you work out today? Like, I was like, dude, why I'm, I want to get to the point where that's not even a question. You know, hey, I know, I know, my dad did something today to try to make himself better, and uh, you know that I didn't do a very good job of that when he was uh, younger, and uh, hopefully later in his life he can kind of see the stuff I do day in day out and try to lead by example. Well, I think it's wonderful, and and we we all want you around for a very long time so we can celebrate your your fantastic career and and your family. So I think that it's wonderful that you're doing that. Um, what do you have any plans for Father's Day weekend this year? Well, we're playing. Uh, it's my first event back in a little over three months, uh, so my family's here with me. Um, we went knowing that it was a tournament week. We went uh, actually on a we went to Kiowa Island last week and kind of did like a week long, like Father's Day sort of quote unquote end of quarantine or end of Dad's quarantine as I go back into work and uh, celebrate with some beach time and dinners and just. Uh, we were all together again, but it was just in a little bit different location and kind of made it a little bit more of a holiday where this is a little bit more of a work week. And, but we'll see what my kids come up with. My four-year-old daughter's become every single thing that she finds around our place that we've rented here in Hilton Head is some semblance of a Father's Day gift, whether that's a <laughs> random tennis ball she found a tennis court or something on the ground. or I've accumulated a, a, an assortment of gifts <laughs> based on a four-year-old's perspective. <laughs> so, uh, I, lo- but, I love uh, it. <laughs> yes, she's very creative. <laughs> <laughs> what about um, what is your relationship with your own father? Did he impact your golfing career? Yeah, he was very supportive. I played all sports growing up, um, and was you know never to the level of now where you know people are specializing at eight, nine years old, and 
you know, committing to one thing and that was never, never anything that happened until kind of later on, you know, late middle school, early high school where you kind of, all right, I'm going to really focus my attention on this. And I uh, was super supportive. He was a good golfer growing up. Um, and it's something we all kind of always did together and, um, was, you know, there from kind of the transition from high school to college and, and there from the transition from college to professional golf. And, and my mom get to a fair amount of events. We, we joke now that golf is the avenue that they get there, but ultimately they get there because my kids are there. <laughs> so I always give them a hard time. It's like, man, y'all, y'all love our grand, the grandkids way more than you ever loved us. <laughs> and, he's like, and, and there comes a point in time. He's like, you're probably right. So well, it's fun. Um, the grand the grandkids you get to just kind of hand them back when you're when you're done with them. <laughs> Kids are stuck. With. <laughs> yes, one hundred percent. So there the the other side of discipline and everything that comes with parenting uh, sort of goes out the door when it comes to uh, the grandparent side. So I just joke with my parents all the time, like you would never let us get away with these things. Like yeah, because we're we're not we're not the parents with grandparents. And uh, I love it. But. Uh, just trying to see the the stuff that I learned from him as far as, you know, being super patient and understanding with, you know, everything that goes with, with dealing with young children and uh, kind of the example that he set for, for me and my sister and, and hopefully how that we deal with our kids and, and you know, kind of carrying on to, you know, be who they are today. I, uh, I, speaking of kids, I want to make sure that we hear a little bit about your kids play free junior golf initiative. You have a great initiative to make golf more accessible for those who might not be able to consistently afford to play. I'd love to hear more about that. Yeah. So uh, a lot of it came from my business manager, the guy that kind of handles my on and off the golf course stuff. And, and, you know, basically, you know, he challenged me. He's like, you do stuff with professional golf. You do stuff with high-end juniors. You do stuff with, you know, all different assortment uh, of golf uh, in every way, shape, or form. He said, but you don't do anything to grow the game. And, you know, it was a, a challenge, uh, a little bit of a hard conversation, uh, a little bit of uh, of everything that kind of came all at once. And uh, we were trying to figure out why, you know, golf continued to decline and participation and everything that was happening and basically came up with a reason why people don't play and it was time cost and availability and those are the three things and i said what if we can do something to eliminate all three of those at once and um we started kids play free kind of a little uh soft uh opening 2015 2016 and sort of tried to figure out the best way to do it and the kind of the middle end of 2018 pressed it out again and partner with two executive courses where kids can come 365 days a year all they have to do is physically be present <laughs> uh equipment uh the golf course is available to them of no charge uh camps instructional uh, opportunities are presented to them you know if they want to kind of further the game or, or just have an opportunity to go and and get a chance to to learn from the game that gave me more than i ever deserve and uh uh, we're continuing to growing. We've got some great partners with the Tennessee Golf Foundation and, and some people that are big supporters there in Knoxville where I live and I hope we continue to push it on through the state and, um, you know, uh, just give more and more kids an opportunity to go and play. 
I think that's so wonderful. And uh, hopefully you'll be happy to know I just signed my own son up for golf camp because we're, we're here in California and not much is opening, unfortunately, with the pandemic. But there is a local golf club near us that is running a, a summer camp. So he, he's going to learn my, my five-year-old's going to learn how to golf, which I'm excited about. Oh. <laughs> learn a lot a lot of life lessons in those first few golf camps you figure out what your son's made of really quickly <laughs> I, i'm sure i'm sure when i pick him up the first day he's like throwing the club on the floor like i'm done no you gotta gotta have that grit um scott stallings I, i'm just curious what um you know, what is your advice for anyone out there who's, you know, has a dream of going into pro sports or, uh, you know, a, a dream of achieving the level of excellence that you have? No, I think that a lot of people get this misnomer of like, you know, there's a, a significant amount of luck that comes like anything. You have to be at the right place at the right time, but a lot of people make their own luck. And, you know, by continually being present, you know, putting in the work day in, day out, some daily disciplines that kind of allow them to continue to push forward without taking steps back and surrounding yourself with a good group of people that can speak in your life at any way, shape or form, make that group small, but they're, they have unfettered access. And I was able to do that at a, at a early in my career where, whether it was on the course, I was some stuff I was dealing with, whether it was some off the course stuff or, you know, just trying to, a, a core group of people that could, you know, be like-minded and, and help you to, you know, make sure you're continually like pushing downhill and, you know, anytime, you know, something, uh, you know, something came along the way, you had a core group of guys help make the decision how best to deal with it instead of trying to just fight it on your own. And mm-hmm. I think that um, I was very fortunate to have some really good people come around me and kind of help continue to push me in the right direction. And uh, I, I have those same people now, 10 years on tour. And, and, you know, those same people are still kind of speaking in my life and kind of helping me make those decisions. That's wonderful to hear. Scott, where can people reach you and follow you to, to learn more about your career? Uh, Instagram is uh, probably most. Uh, Scott Stallings uh, is my name. And then uh, Stallings Golf on Twitter. And basically anywhere on the PGA Tour. Uh, getting ready to uh, play a lot of events in the next few weeks. And uh, it's kind of nice to be one of the main sports that's kind of getting back going here in the next few weeks. And uh, hopefully slowly, but surely other sports will continue to kind of follow in line and, you know, give some people a, a little bit of a way to kind of escape and hopefully see some good golf on TV. Perfect. And I can vouch for your Instagram. There's a great, a great video, slow-mo video of an awesome shot. Like I'm back golfing that, that I love. Um, thank you so much, Scott Stallings, professional golfer, three-time PGA tour winner. Congrats on getting back out on the, on the road and happy father's day to you. It's really a pleasure to have you on the show today. Well, I appreciate it. Thank you guys very much. And I uh, hope to talk to you soon. Thank you. Best of luck on, on tour. For more guest interviews, check out our Wharton Business Radio Highlights podcast on iTunes and Google Play. Oh, 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 o